welcome back to Hope in Crisis. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we are about to record our second episode. Really happy to be in this new setting. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're going to talk about healthcare today. And first of all, we're going to talk about the healthcare crisis. So I'm not sure if you know that recently a lot of people are recovering from COVID-19, yeah. but after their recovery, they are receiving hospital bills, and then the amount is really shocking. It's actually heart-stopping. I think yeah. if I were one of them, I probably wouldn't want to recover from COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the story goes like. <laughs> A 70-year-old American man who nearly died of COVID-19 has been billed a heart-stopping U.S. dollar 1.1 million for his hospital expenses, and fortunately for him, um, that is covered by Medicare, so it's actually waived. He doesn't need to pay so much, but the government is. Well, the taxpayers do. Yes. Yeah, I mean, somebody gets the 1.1 million. Right. If you are not insured. If you recently yeah. lose your job and then you're tested positive, yeah, that's brutal. Because, I mean, recently I think the, what is there, forty million Americans that lost their job? Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. These numbers are just like, I saw a graph that showed um, the unemployment numbers uh -huh. from the different recessions, uh -huh. starting back from the Great Depression, and it was like this big, and then this big, and then this big, and then they had to like zoom everything up for like five minutes, zoom, 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 and then finally you get to now. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that one too. It's crazy, right? It's very scary. Yeah. I mean, imagine you're losing your job, losing your income, and then, and then now losing your insurance, and yeah. now you won't be able to afford your health. Yeah. And the people that are at the most risk mm -hmm. are the people that need to work. Mm -hmm. So they were deemed like essential work. Uh -huh. So essential workers can go back to work. Okay. The people that deliver uh, deliver our food, um, deliver packages. And then the people that make most of the money, the investors, mm -hmm. well, that's not essential work, so they can stay home. Okay. Yeah. So it's this. They can stay in the safe zone. They can be safe. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, whereas everybody else is out running around. And then the same people that if they do lose their job, they lose their health care. And probably their life. Yeah, you can lose your life. Uh -huh. yeah. So um, how serious is this problem with hospital bills being so overpriced? It's difficult because it's so non-transparent. Right. So... Um, I'll let you speak to Taiwan, but in the U.S., there's not a single payer. There's uh -huh. many, many, many different payers. And so you never really know what the incentives are. You never really know what the costs of anything are. Mm -hmm. and, and so you hear stories like far too often, like even Indiegogo, you see people that are like, hey, I need to do like a crowdsourcing campaign so I can uh, pay for my okay. something, like pay yeah, for my cancer. Yeah, yeah. It's uh -huh. like... I think there's a website called FundMe. Yes. And then a lot of people go there yes. after recovering from an accident or, or a surgery. Yeah. I remember that when I was in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and every time when I needed to see a doctor, I need to bring all of my credit cards because I wasn't <laughs> sure how much I would be charged. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, I told every one of them that I am insured. 
by a Taiwanese company. Okay. I don't have local United States insurance, but I do have insurance. Did they charge you a lot more because they knew you're? Actually, right. Or, that's that's really funny because, um, no. Okay. If you go to an American hospital and say that you want to pay in cash, the price is negotiable. Yeah. And that's my case because they couldn't find an ah. insurance company to bill. So they charged me and let me bring the invoices and bills back to my insurance companies in Taiwan and ask for claims. Uh, so what was the savings? Like, did you, did you ever know, like, how much the real price was and how much they charged you? Like 20% of what an ordinary American would pay. Yeah. So that's really weird because you're supposed to be insured and then given a discounted price because insurance companies already negotiated with hospitals on a good deal or a good... That's the myth. <laughs> I think like the insurance companies and the hospitals, uh -huh. because so insurance companies are for profit. Right. Hospitals, a lot of them in the U.S. are also for profit. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you have no ability to know the price, then you have two for profit people negotiating on your behalf? Against you. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not going to try to get a better deal for you. <laughs> I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with hospitals being for profit. Agreed. Right. But... Um, you have to know how much profit. Right. Yeah. I think... But there's something wrong with consumerism or mm. capitalism. Mm. So the fact that they are for profit yeah. and they are trying to maximize their revenues and profits... Supposedly, they're they are making money, so they're investing in new technologies and recruitment, so they will hire good doctors to treat you. Yeah. I think, to some extent, that part of it is true. So um, if you want to find some of the more advanced machinery, the more advanced medical practices, probably the U.S. is maybe private, the best. Yeah. Private hospitals, yes. private clinics. But... The problem with it is that medicine is not like a consumer good, right? In that, like if you give me the choice between, hey, do I want to buy like an iPhone with 10 gigabyte or an uh -huh. iPhone with 100 gigabyte? Okay, I mean, there's pros and cons of each. Do I want to spend my money or not? Right. If you say, hey, do you want to um, allow your kid to live or allow your kid to die? I mean, it's like there's that's no... That's dark. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's... Like there's, I'm just saying it to, you know, for effect in the extremes, but mm -hmm. you're not actually pricing something that's a commodity. These are humans. These are people that we care about. And so for starters, like it's not something that it's easy to put a price tag on. Mm -hmm. And then they've also hidden all the prices. So it's like the way that I like to think of the U.S. healthcare system is it's the worst of capitalism combined with the worst of socialism. Was there any part socialist? Um, that's what Medicare and Obamacare and all of this stuff was trying to do. It was uh -huh. saying, look, we're going to make everybody have this. Okay. So even I think they went from 40 million to 20 million. You know, now they're down to about 10 million that are still uninsured. So it's not mm -hmm. perfect. It's nowhere mm -hmm. near. They're working progress. They're working progress. But they so they force everybody to be insured. Mm -hmm. Yet. They don't force any transparency into the pricing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have the socialism, which is everybody should get it. Mm -hmm. And you have the capitalism 
perverted because, well, nobody gets, I mean, capitalism is about using price to allocate resources. Right, right. That's what markets do, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can't see the price, and in most, in most towns, there's like maybe one hospital mm -hmm. or, or one big chain that owns all of the hospitals and mm -hmm. all of the clinics, it's crazy. I think there is a pattern here because mm. I, I, I'm not sure, okay. but I think that in the United States, usually the government, the central government, uh, I mean, the federal government yeah. has a policy, but doesn't set standards. And then it's allowing local governments or private sectors to set their standards. For example, um, I know that in the United States, if you're a COVID-19 patient, mm -hmm. if you're a confirmed COVID-19 patient, then your medical bills can be waived. Ah. But each hospital can decide um, how to define a confirmed case. Huh. So actually, a lot of patients still don't know if their bills can be waived or not. Yeah, see, that would just be like, oppressive. I mean, if you had this huge bill, you lost your job, maybe you got really sick, you almost died, and mm -hmm. then now you have this huge bill over your head for who knows how long. So if the virus doesn't kill you, the death will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking about choices. Do you yes. want to um, keep your kids alive yeah. or the other way? Yeah. I came across a news story about mm -hmm. a mom who um, had a premature delivery. Mm. She delivered her twins when she was 24 weeks pregnant. Whoa. So that was like super early, and then her twins needed to stay in the newborn ICU yes. till they are like fully grown. Yeah. And then um, they needed to pay ten thousand U.S. dollars a night for one. Oh my gosh! So that would be twenty thousand a night for the twins, and then they Whoa. they were insured. So at first they thought it's okay. Actually, it was their decision to keep the babies alive. Yeah. And um, they made the decision on the um, based on the assumption that they are insured, but the cap is two million dollars. Oh. So they can easily run out yeah. of um, yeah. that with like what fifty days of stay. Yeah. Uh huh. But the babies needed to stay more than a hundred days. Oh. Right. So when they um, left the hospitals, mm -hmm. she couldn't afford any medicine. So. At 24 weeks, um, mm -hmm. I don't think they are called babies. They are fetus. Yeah. Right. So they haven't um, developed their lungs and the respiratory systems. Yeah. So her kids um, grew up with very poor um, respiratory systems. They have yeah. a lot of conditions. So at one point, she couldn't afford asthma medicine. And then she stopped giving them the medicine. And yeah. then one of them was rushed to ER. So... Um, Two years later, when the babies were two and a half years old, they filed for bankruptcy. The parents? Yeah. Yeah. And now they are 11 years old. So They it, made it? Yes, yes. That's incredible. Yes, yes. That's amazing. Yes. But um, this lady suffered from depression for a very long time. Yeah. And then she said that she lost her job, her house, her car, and her ego. Huh. So, um, and then she said that when she was um, suffering from depression, she constantly asked herself it's a right decision to give birth to the twins. Uh. 
So I think the entire system is asking you to put a price tag on health or life. Yeah, that's what's tricky about it is that putting a price on something is what a capitalist does. Uh -huh. Yet taking care of somebody is what socialism is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so we're just in this horrible state. I think if you, if the U.S. could be more socialist or more capitalist mm -hmm. when it came to healthcare, it could be much better. I mean, you look at Europe and there's all sorts of different systems. How can a system be better if it's more capitalist? You have price transparency. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you actually allow people to understand what things cost. Mm -hmm. And you, you hold everybody accountable mm -hmm. for providing, and this might sound bad, but you, you provide some accountability for not over-medicating people. Oh, that's something we can talk about. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, it will take another hour. It will take, yes. <laughs> I think everybody has these stories. I mean, I'm, yeah. Yeah. So, so you could move in the capitalistic direction, which would be interesting, of course, mm -hmm. where you would uh, let people know how much this stuff really costs. You would, um, you would sort of separate your, um, your health policy, your health insurance from your employer, mm -hmm. like that's weird. So like in the U.S., if you lose your job for the longest time, you would lose your health care. Right. Which is really scary because people don't want to change jobs because maybe their health care costs go up so high they can't afford it. Uh -huh. So you get people just locked into a job they don't like either. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. My brother is self-employed, and I think he told me he has to spend around two to three thousand um, dollars per person just to get health care coverage, which he has to have. And then when he uses it, the deductible is five thousand dollars US. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, with two to three thousand US dollars, you're actually um, giving away a full time job salary. Yeah. I mean, you'd much rather have that go. I mean, he's um, self-employed. He. Uh -huh. He has about 15 people on his team. And I mean, you'd much rather hey, say, hey, I want to go hire somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why is it that in a country as wealthy as America, mm -hmm. I think it's 18%, 18.5% now, the, the GDP, 18.5% uh -huh. is used for healthcare. Right. Taiwan yeah. is six. Taiwan is six, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Taiwan's probably too cheap. Um, America is way too expensive. Uh -huh. Yeah. We need to create another episode on over-medicating and why yeah. Taiwan's so cheap uh, yeah. when we talk about hospital bills or medical bills. Because yeah. uh -huh. um, I think that Taiwan's often blamed for over-medicating everyone. Yeah. We're so used to going to the doctors when we have a cold. Well, it's too easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be like... If you didn't actually have to exercise to get a good body, to get, uh -huh. to get in shape, to be healthy, you could just like take a drug and then you're fine. People would, a lot of people would choose to do that. Right. And I think that like. Some, some elixir to help you stay healthy. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And so, yeah. Um, the, the insurance side in the U.S. is still really interesting. So my wife, um, when, 
when she was pregnant, we were going to have our kid. Mm -hmm. We, um, in the beginning, I went to the doctor and I said, "Look, I just want to pay cash because uh -huh. you know we're we're no longer so I'm no longer a California resident, and so um, I, I I don't believe in insurance, which we can go into some other time. <laughs> like, I hate insurance. I think it's just a tax on the poor people, uh -huh. um, and." So I went to the, the hospital right away and I said, look, I want to do everything in cash. I want you to give me the best deal possible. Mm -hmm. And the price, um, not to rub it in, you got 20% discount. Like, I think we've got, uh, we got about 20,000% discount. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, sorry, 2,000% discount. It's, okay. it's completely nuts. Um, wait, 10X would be, no, it would be more. Yeah, so I, I, I was right. So it'd be 10,000% discount. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, the, it gives you a sense of, so the, the pregnancy would have been like $35,000 typically. Um, the test? No, no, just the whole thing. Like from, from, um, from the visits to the delivery, like oh, all of that okay. stuff, it would have been around 35,000. Uh -huh. And I said, okay, what if we, what if we paid upfront in cash right away? Uh -huh. And they said, I think the whole thing came to like 5000 a little more than $5,000. Wow, that was yeah. a business deal. Was, well, but they're a for-profit company, so they're not losing money. Oh, okay. Right? So if you look at that, you're like, wait a second, how is that possible? Like, that was the most sort of shocking thing to me. So that means, I mean, I was already very skeptical of insurance. Uh -huh. Like, are they really getting me a good deal? Like, when you really need it, is it there? Because, like, in, in America, we have to get auto insurance. Uh-huh. And every time you get a little nick on your car and you want to get it fixed, right. you go get it fixed, and uh -huh. then the insurance premium goes up. Oh, goes okay. up more money. Uh huh. So th then, you, then you start realizing that hey, this is not even worth it. I might as well just pay it myself. Right, right. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case in Taiwan. I I think we pay a premium and it's set before you buy the insurance policy. Yeah. And then it, it doesn't go it up. It can't go up. Like, what if you use it? Does it go up or no? Not in my experience. I use it a lot. I am not very healthy. <laughs> okay, I am over-medicated. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it this well, way. You should start getting rid of medication. Right. So I, yeah. I use it a lot, but uh -huh. it doesn't go up. Mm. Well, yeah. That, that leads to a different topic. Okay. Insurance companies make money not from your claims or not giving you claims. They make money from investments. So they're taking your money yeah. and then um, building up a fund. And, yeah. Right. So most insurance companies in Taiwan or in Asia double as hedge fund. Yeah. Um, so Warren Buffett, the very uh -huh. famous investor, like his big move, his big insight was to start buying up insurance companies. And the reason is that they have these huge pools of cash. Uh -huh. It's like a bank. It's like better than a bank because yep. a bank at least has to loan the money right. out. The insurance company can just gamble with the money. Right. Yeah. Right. Now. So you think that they are also contributing to the lack of transparency? Absolutely. And they're contributing to raising prices. Uh -huh. They're contributing to the fear that you need insurance in the first place. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I watched a TED Talk. Okay. Um, the speaker was Jean Pinder. Okay. She was talking about um, what if hospital bills can become transparent. Mm. So she was a New York Times journalist for a very long time, and she covered a lot of stories 
like the one we talked about. And then she realized that most people cannot predict or expect how much to pay after a hospital visit, uh, before a hospital visit. Yeah. So she set up a website. Um, it's called Compare Prices. Yeah. And then I've heard of that. she's allowing everyone to share their bills or statement. And then um, people find stark differences. Oh, like, yeah. Like two hospitals giving the same test. And then they're just a block away from each other, but the price range can be really, really yes. um, different and, and surprising. So a lot of people are using data on her website to negotiate with their hospitals, and mm. they actually save their bills. Mm. I, I mean, they actually save their spending on the bills. Yeah, I've heard that if you... So my mom... When my grandma got sick, my mom was negotiating for better rates. And my dad would always make fun of her. Like, the insurance company is paying. Why do you care? Why do you oh, want to save them money? Uh-huh. Right? Um, but I agree with my mom. I mean, any place you can save money you in the system, you got it, right? And so she would try to talk with the insurance companies without data, and you would get nowhere. So, like, without this pricing you information, proof. you need proof. And the moment you start pushing on them with the proof is the moment that they cave, like, just like that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, this goes back to this weird, uh, people think of healthcare as socialist. Mm -hmm. Insurance companies think about it as a big, huge pool of money they can just suck people from and, you know, use it for whatever they want to use it for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think anyone from the insurance industry will leave a comment and say, you're wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Like, I mean, I really wish I was wrong on this one. We are open for debate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I wish I was wrong on this one. But if you look and you say, okay, what's the role of insurance? The role of insurance is to do risk management, uh-huh. to help people. I mean, at least the sales pitch is, right. hey, you know, one day you're going to get hurt. Why don't you pay a little bit of money? And then when you do get hurt, we'll be there for you. Uh-huh. you know, so, like, uh, Prudential, you know, they have the rock or uh, I forgot the other guys that have the umbrella. Uh-huh. It's like they have all these metaphors that are like, you know, we're going to take care of you. Right. Okay. Some of the richest companies in the world are insurance companies. And if you look at the financial crisis, when it really crumbled the worst at the top of it was AIG. Uh-huh. And so I think of myself like, huh? Like, are you like, who's, you know, who are you taking care of uh-huh. here? Like if they're, if they're making... like hospitals don't make much money, right? Like the margins of hospitals are incredibly low, right? But these insurance companies, I mean, what are they doing? Like their margins are off the charts, crazy insane. Like there's a reason you look around uh, Taiwan, New York, you know, these different places and the biggest buildings are either banks or insurance companies. Insurance Mm -hmm. companies are more profitable in many ways than banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's fair. I really don't. Because again, they're they're selling you fear, and they're packaging fear such that you're guaranteed to lose over the course of your lifetime. I agree that they're selling you fear, and I also think that knowledge is power. Yeah. That's why I like the website so much. the The website that compare prices, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I think that we should encourage people to start something grassroots like this. Would Some- you like? Let's say there was a community insurance pool. Uh-huh. And you felt that like this insurance pool could cover you like up to a certain level you had to pay each month. I mean, would you open to that kind of thing? Is that interesting to you? 
That's Taiwan's national health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would, yeah, 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 yeah. I would. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, like, I, I would, on the condition. Okay. It's my wishful thinking, but on the condition that people don't waste resources. Okay, we'll go back for a second. So, <laughs> so you said that you buy insurance. Yes. And Taiwan's your Taiwan, uh, this public, Jimbo, right? Yes. This this uh-huh. this public insurance fund, uh-huh. right? How come you need both? Oh, because I travel a lot. Okay. And then I needed to make sure that if I leave Taiwan and I get hurt or I get sick, I can still be covered. Okay. I didn't know that if you, um, uh, I didn't know that your hospital bills from other countries can be um, covered okay. too by Taiwan's Chenming Let me guess, the insurance didn't tell you, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> they told you if you leave the country, what's going right, to happen, right? Right, right, yeah. If you leave the country, and especially if you go to the United States, yeah. then you will have no idea how much you're going to pay for your sickness, and then you can come back in debt. Yeah. So that was the fear I was uh, so to. I bet that if the insurance keeps up in Taiwan, that you could sort of track the performance of the overall healthcare system and the amount of insurance players coming in, and the more that come in, the worse the national health care comes. But, but I have to say that um, although I have public insurance, okay. I still have private commercial insurance. Okay. And that is because with public insurance, the coverage is not good enough. Okay. Um, when my baby was sick, okay. when he was six months old, um, with something very similar to pneumonia. Oh. He needed to stay in the hospital for six nights. Okay. And then at first we um, got a double room. Okay. Which is covered by the public health insurance. Okay. But there was no way we could take any rest in that room with two sick babies who didn't know each other and then two sets of parents. Oh. No, uh, I'm not, I'm not annoying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> that they call this came a from nowhere. <laughs> no, they were definitely annoying. You know it. <laughs> I, I, usually they filled her words. <laughs> so, so uh, and then um, we had different nurses. They came at different hours to check uh. our temperature or blood pressure or, and then mm. the the baby next to us needed milk or... Anyways, there's no way you could have good sleep and then recover well. So we had it to we had to upgrade to a single room. Mm-hmm. And then it was $8,000 a night. Per night. Yeah. How much is that in US dollars? Like a nice hotel room. Oh. Roughly. Better than that. <laughs> I can... Like the Grand Hyatt maybe is around... Right, right. right? 10000 right. per night, something? Yeah, maybe, something maybe like more. that. Yeah, right, right, for, right. Yeah. So it was $8,000 a yeah. night, and then yeah. he had to stay for six nights. So that would be almost yeah, $50,000. So, but, okay, but how much did you pay in your insurance? Like, how much do you pay per year with insurance? 30. 30,000. Right. Each year. Yeah. My premium. Okay. Uh-huh. But, like, it was just 50,000. Like, you would have had to pay 50,000. If I don't have insurance. Okay. Uh huh. To get a single room. Do you think it's better off? Like, if you look back on the math, like, do you feel like, okay, it was worthwhile getting the insurance? Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you, like, what if, what if more people knew that Taiwan's national 
insurance wasn't actually covering exactly what the people needed? Like, do you think it could change? Like, could there be grassroots support to fix that? Hmm. I'm not sure. Because if you go to places, mm -hmm. um, countries like Canada mm -hmm. or the UK, where they have universal coverage, yeah. they make sure that everyone gets to see the doctor. Okay. Maybe free of charge. But sometimes you have to wait for four weeks or eight weeks. Yeah. So it gives you universal coverage, but it doesn't give you the best treatment. I and see. I think so, that's a trade-off because mm. you have a limited amount of resource. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can give everyone the best mm. treatment free of charge. Well, maybe we can find a way to do insurance like at a community level. So the margins were, you know, 2%, 3%. And everybody could, you know, like before um, big insurance came into being, farmers, fishermen, they would sort of get together and like insure each other. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can get back to that kind of model. Like, I, I don't really, I guess I would say I don't have a problem at all with risk management. Mm -hmm. Everybody should do that. Mm -hmm. A business does it. A person should do that. I just have a problem with somebody selling you a product which is based on fear and their margin is so crazy high when, you know, when you really don't have much choice. Like, you get people to think, okay, I just have to buy insurance. But do you really have to buy insurance? Like, is, or, or is there an alternative model we can try to come up with so that you don't need these big companies making all that money? I'm not sure of that, but I think there's an alternative definition for healthcare okay. that we can think of. Because insurance companies are selling you fear, right? Mm -hmm. And what are we afraid of? Getting sick. True. What if um, we redefine healthcare? And then the goal for the government or hospitals is to keep you healthy. So it's not a place for you to go to when you're sick. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to All that right. later. <laughs> we'll talk about sick care and health care.